The genius of the Constitution is that it makes no permanent rule other than its faith in the wisdom of ordinary people to govern themselves. Our founding parents were pompous, middle-aged white farmers, but they were also great men because they knew one thing that all great men should know, that they didn't know everything. They knew they were going to make mistakes, but they made sure to leave a way to correct them. They didn't think of themselves as leaders. They wanted a government of citizens, not royalty. A government of listeners, not lecturers. A government that could change, not stand still. The president isn't an elected king, no matter how many bombs he can drop, because the crude constitution doesn't trust him. He's a servant of the people. He's just a bum. Hey, you out there in the cold, getting lonely, getting old, can you feel me? Hey, you standing in the aisles with itchy feet and fading smiles, can you feel me? Hey, you don't help them to bury the light. Don't give in without a fight. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I started out a little more mellow this week. Not because I wanted to be uh, less rock and roll, but because I just thought it was... Uh, I thought this song, Hey You, was apropos, man. Don't give up without a fight. And as we see stuff going on this week, we see there's a fight out there. There's a fight, and I think and I think we need to decide as conservatives, as Republicans, that not getting down in the dirt with the Democrats, and those Democrats are dirty, that we're not we're not getting our message across. And I'm gonna explain I'm gonna explain in, in detail here as we talk about what happened this week and what's happening in our country. Um, but first, before I get into that, let me introduce myself so I can get that out of the way so we can just start talking about what we all want to talk about. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman. I'm president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Located here in Southern California, lending in California, Arizona, Texas, Ohio, and now Florida, and then uh, very shortly in Nevada. So, uh, and if you're in, in, if you're interested in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and you need financing, whether that's to buy a new house to live in, buy a new vacation home, buy a new uh, investment property, uh, help your one of your kids get out of your uh, spare bedroom and get them into a house. Or uh, if you're interested in refinancing something you have or finding out more information about that, that cool new thing that everybody's talking about, reverse mortgages for you seniors. If you need information, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get information but you don't want to talk on the phone, you can go to wccloans.com, www.wccloans.com. Click on looking for a loan. Click on apply now. Give me as much information as you want back as, as you want to give me and tell me how much information you want back. 
You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Randy Johnson, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Um, if there's anything that you missed on the show that you want repeated or you want to hear it again or you want to share it with your friends, you can get the uh, the podcast on edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Um, click on the podcast page. You can hear this week's show as well, as well as several past shows. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, subscribe for free and have it download once a week to one of your devices, your phone or your your, I, your iPad, your iPod, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your computer, wherever wherever you can listen to uh, uh, podcasts. And uh, I guess the list the list of devices keeps going on. This is uh, becoming the more, uh, this is the, the waves of the future. This is how people listen to uh, get their information. We listen, we listen to books and we listen to podcasts and uh, cause it just helps us uh, multitask. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. And I'm uh, less, uh, I'm less um, edited. Um, I'm more raw on Twitter than I am on Facebook. Uh, then the, the, the show's Facebook is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. If you want to leave some comments on the show, I have a listener hotline, 855-640-2092. Um, if you got a uh, comments on, I'll try to hit that at the end of the show. Cause that's when you're, uh, you're good and riled up or you're good and inspired. So you can uh, call and tell me what you think. I'm interested. You know, I, I always say everybody's entitled to their uh, their opinion, and I everybody's entitled to mine. But, uh, you know, I put that listener hotline because I want to hear yours as well. I want to hear you. Hey, you know what, Ed? You're missing the beat, man. You're out in left field somewhere. Or, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting, hitting right on target. So let's talk about what happened this week. And let's try and uh, stay on task, although no guarantees. Uh, the president delivered his third State of the Union speech, although the first one wasn't considered State of the Union. It was just his address to uh, in front of Congress and in front of both houses of Congress. Can you believe it's already his third? It was, however, the first time delivering the annual speech before the figures of the government with a Democrat Speaker of the House seated, seated behind him. Yes, a disrespectful, a disrespectful. Oh, I'm thinking of words I could say. I, I, you know, to me, I would say if I was the president, I'd say hey, I'm not delivering a uh, State of the Union speech with that thing, Nancy Pelosi sitting behind me. She's she that you know what the Democrats are dirty and disrespectful. No matter what you do, I don't remember Barack Obama sitting there and having uh, Paul Ryan be as disrespectful, sitting behind him as as uh, Nancy Pelosi was. I don't remember anybody ever being that disrespectful. Um, and if you, if you watch the address Tuesday night, you saw her in all her paper shuffling, fake note reading glory, signaling, signaling to her minions, uh, when they should stand to sit down. Uh, you know, you saw, you saw her smirking, um, at one time you could see her say, uh, no way. I, I'm trying to think of, we went back and forth. Don and I were, were going back and, you know, rewinding and say, what did she say? What did she say? And I think one time she said no way. One time they they went to Chuck Schumer and he uh, he mouthed BS with a few more letters behind each initial um, on something that he said. Um, there's a, a point at which uh, at one, one point she's clapping and she's sticking her hands out right in Trump's face. 
uh, people on Twitter calling it the F the F U clap. Um, you know, there, it's just, it's just stupid. And she, and her, her, she's got big cardboard notes and acting like she's like, she's, uh, looking at it. it just, it was disrespectful. And you know what? The Republicans try to stay better than that. I don't know that we can remain better than that and still keep our country. You know, the, the Democrats have the, have the, uh, have the media and they're clearly playing that to their, uh, to their advantage. Uh, case in point, look at California elections in 2018. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and even amidst Pelosi's stunts, President Trump still managed to command the room. The White House uh, said the theme of this year's Congress was, of, the, of this address was choosing greatness. And the president kept to that theme for uh, 80 plus minutes. Together we can break decades of political stalemate. We can bridge old divisions, heal old wounds, build new coalitions, forge new solutions, and unlock the extraordinary promise of America's future. The decision is ours to make. We must choose between greatness or gridlock, results or resistance, vision or vengeance, incredible progress or pointless destruction. Tonight, I ask you to choose greatness. I thought it was a great speech. Uh, it was, he was constantly reaching out to the other side to, to build unity. I thought, uh, um, it was patriotic. It was most all, all but one sentence. So I thought was very humble. And I know that that's not natural for the president but he was he was trying to show his human side he had a uh, special guest there that ranged from uh, a little 10 year old girl who had a uh, brain cancer at age eight um to uh buzz aldrin uh edwin buzz aldrin who was the second man to step on the moon um to uh, was there there was a uh, uh three um veterans that that uh, went into Normandy on uh, on D-Day. There was a guy that uh, from another country that was uh, freed by one of the one of the guys there uh, from Europe during uh, World War II. There was I'm trying to think of everybody. There was a uh, I don't they're not Gold Star families. What do they call them? The uh, families of uh, someone murdered by an illegal angel moms. There's angel moms and angel granddaughters and angel. Uh, uh, that were there from families that had been um, killed by illegal aliens. Um, Ill- I'm sorry, we're not supposed to call them illegal illegal immigrants. Um, apparently, that little semantic thing makes people mad. Um, I thought I thought he was, and he and he applauded. He applauded all the uh, all the women. He, I mean, he pandered to all the uh, women out there that are. Uh, in Congress now, all dressed in white to show their unity, and uh, even a couple of them dressed in their uh, Muslim garb. Well, one of them was; the other one didn't actually wear a headscarf. Um, I mean, there was there. It, I thought he was real humble. He was real humble, real patriotic. I thought it was a great speech. Um, he laid out his accomplishments. Um, you know, which all all impre- all the presidents, including the State of Union, but it's been a long time since we heard the amount of accomplishments for the first two years from any president. Over the last two years, my administration has moved with urgency 
and historic speed to confront problems neglected by leaders of both parties over many decades. In just over two years since the election, we have launched an unprecedented economic boom, a boom that has rarely been seen before. There's been nothing like it. We have created 5.3 million new jobs and, importantly, added 600,000 new manufacturing jobs, something which almost everyone said was impossible to do. But the fact is, we are just getting started. He went, he went on to, you know, what's amazing is um, the, the State of the Union is very common for uh, looking like a, uh, like a Catholic wedding. You know, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Um, so, you know, where people are applauding each and, each and every little, little thing. And it's amazing that all the good stuff that's happening in this country that the Democrats just would not acknowledge. Their hatred for President Trump overrides their love for this country. And remember, and I mean, think about it. Nancy Pelosi's like 78 years old. So for the next two years, I mean, she's, she's going to be Speaker of the House for the next two years. What is she going to do? And what, you know, what is she going to do for the next two years? There's just going to be a stalemate. She's just not going to allow anything to get done in this country. You know, for, for a lot of people, two years is, is a big chunk of time. We're just going to waste two more years. She's just going to do everything she can to stand in the way. And that's going to be her legacy because unless she's going to be in, be in Congress till she's, you know, a hundred years old, you know, the, you know, the, the, the inevitability, regardless of how much Botox you put in and how much, uh, hair dye and all that stuff, at some point you start losing it. I think, uh, I think, uh, Nancy Pelosi's probably past that point. She's probably past that point. She hasn't, she hasn't lost her, uh, her anger and her um, her honoriness and her belligerency, but she has a. I think she's losing some of her common sense, and so she's just going to stand in the way. Her and her and Chucky Schumer. So um, the list went on of the accomplishments. Nearly five million Americans have been lifted off of food stamps. You would think people would applaud for that. And the and the Republicans did. The economy is growing twice as fast it was as it was two years ago when uh, when Trump took office. Unemployment has reached its lowest rate in over half a century. Black and Hispanic unemployment are both at their lowest ever recorded. And I don't know why it matters if it's black and Hispanic, but apparently we have to point that out. I have a I have I have a personal hard time about. Hey, this is the first black this. This is the first Hispanic that. You know what? If we want to get rid of racism, why don't we stop acknowledging people by the color of their skin before we tell who they are? Well, hey, you know what? Ed Hoffman is, uh, you know, 11-year veteran white radio talk show host and uh, and uh, owner of a, th- of a of a mortgage company. You know what? Do you care what color I am? I don't care what color you are. If you're uh, if you're uh, American, you're an American. And I just think it, you know, I just think this is the, this is how the race, the race card keeps going out there. 157 million Americans are working. We passed a tax cut for working families and doubled the child tax credit. And, uh, and people go, well, you know what? The tax credit only helped the rich people. Bull. I will tell you that 
you know, just just the ta- if you've got kids under eighteen that you're supporting, you went from uh, twelve hundred dollars a kid up to two thousand dollars a kid. So you and if you make less than I don't know forty thousand dollars a year, you don't pay any taxes anyway. And don't quote me on the numbers; I could be off a little bit. Changes a little bit each time. But think about it they they increased the uh, the um, standard deduction. Your first twenty four thousand dollars are if you're married. Are tax free. So if you make forty five thousand, you're only paying taxes on twenty thousand. So let's say you pay fifteen percent, and again, I'm pulling numbers numbers out of the air. So if you're paying fifteen percent on twenty thousand, that's three grand. Except for if you've got two kids, two kids under eighteen, that you're uh, then you get two thousand dollars each. So you're paying nothing. You're getting a thousand dollars back. But only the rich people, only the rich people gain by that. And if you happen to have four kids, you're getting eight thousand minus the three thousand is five thousand. So I'm just trying to keep the 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 uh, numbers the numbers uh, the numbers easy to comprehend. And I'll tell you, as a mortgage lender, and I look at tax returns all day long to qualifying people. You know, the people who are cheating on their taxes aren't the millionaires. The millionaires can't get away with with cheating. You can't write off millions of dollars down to nothing and not pay taxes. You might you might take some deductions here, take some deductions there. The people that I see are the are the self-employed people that are making a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand and claiming nothing. That they're not reporting their income or they're reporting BS BS uh uh deductions and they're not paying any taxes. I have them all the time. Well, I don't show this on my taxes and I don't show this on my taxes. I'm going, okay, you want an FHA loan because you don't have any down payment. So you want to, you want to come in with as little as possible, but you don't pay taxes on anything. So you don't show it to the federal government, but you want the federal government to, to, uh, guarantee you a loan so you can buy a house. The, the, the hip, the hypocrisy of this is, is amazing. And that's why I say we need to get rid of the, the IRS and just go to a, to a, a consumption tax. And then everybody pays something and nobody gives away half their, half their income. But anyway, I, I, I'm getting off track here. So all the Democrats who claim to be champions of the working Americans should cheer for all those things. But the following prominent Democrats sat stoically with frowns on their faces. Wannabe feminist icon Kirsten Gillibrand, she did her best impression of a woman uh, in a commercial for depression medication. She just sat there depressed. Ask your doctor if Kirsten Gillibrand is right for you. Wannabe Native American Elizabeth Warren, who's found out one more time this week that it was revealed that she wrote American Indian as her ethnicity on her 1986 registration card for Texas Bar, proving yet again this woman has lied about her heritage to get ahead professionally since day one. Uh, previous, previous to this week, the earliest time that we knew it was on her when she was applying for her Harvard tenure in 1995. And I will tell you, you know, for people that I, I have an attorney who, uh, who I did a loan for before he was my personal attorney, I did a loan for him. And when I talked about, Hey, well, let's just put this, let's put that. He goes, no, I don't want to put anything that's not a hundred percent true. Cause someday I might want to, yeah, you know, who knows what, where my life will lead. But if I ever want to run for office, I don't want anything anywhere in my past to ever be able to show that I, that I lied about anything. You know what? People need to live their lives that way. People need to live their lives that way and think about, hey, where is this going to come and bite me in the butt somewhere down the, well, I don't think I'll get caught at this. 
You know what? That's a way of life for too many people in America. Um, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, who inspired uh, inspired jokes about the pen he had in his mouth all night. Uh, apparently, he's taking notes. Somebody might be running for president again. Uh, he wasn't too happy about anything. Uh, Kamala Harris, who did even worse than Pelosi and pursing her lips in disgust for the, uh, you know for the camera stunt. You know they all know that the cameras are on them at any given time. And of course, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and her merry her merry band of white wearing suffragettes. Uh, you know, the, all her suffragettes are just sitting there, and uh, you know it, it's and you could see they're all standing together or they're not standing together. And I just got to say, hey, you know what? Some of you women were supposed to wear white. You don't know the difference between white and yellow, or white and cream. And I say, you know what? I may not know that difference, but I know my wife understands the difference and she'll point it out to me you know you guys are females and you should have that 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 power that 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 uh mental thing that that just the the gifts that women have and it's not a not a guy thing but some of these women that came in dressed in white which is really yellow um once again democrat worth respecting joe manchin of west virginia not virginia where the democrats wore blackface in college and want women to kill their babies in the delivery room after birth uh joe manchin from west virginia uh he's doing his constituents right by applauding the accomplishments democrats would normally be in favor of if the president was was democrat historically low employment among minorities and a major criminal justice reform law like the first step step act would easily get a five minute standing ovation from Democrats. That's another thing that Trump introduced. He introduced a guy who's been in jail for 30 years for, uh, I think it was 30 years for dealing drugs. But since then he has turned his life around is doing Bible studies and doing some good things. And, uh, and he was released on the first step on the first step act. And, uh, you would think, this kind of stuff would be applauded by Democrats, but that wasn't the case. Manchin stood and clapped in the row right in front of uh, AOC and the women in white, which clearly is evidence of the deep divide in the Democrat Party. If you think Democrats are united, ask yourself, why are so many of them running for president? Hmm. Cory Booker, uh, Cory Booker announced his uh, announced this week to much less fanfare than people would have expected from him. You know, before the Spartacus moment at the Kavanaugh confirmation. Here's the pinnacle moment at every State of the Union uh, that, you know, that, hey, the State of our Union is strong. But this year it was better than ever. After 24 months of rapid progress, our economy is the envy of the world. Our military is the most powerful on Earth by far. And America... America is again winning each and every day. (laughs) Members of Congress, the state of our union is strong. That sounds so good. 
You know, the difference between uh, this this year and past presidents is when he says, the state of our union is strong, we all know it's real. We all know it's real. Hey, you know what? There's some divide there's some divide in the go- in the government and there's some there's some issues going on, but we know the state of our economy, the state of our military, our respect among uh, you know in the in around the world with other other countries, the state our, our the state of our of our union is strong and we should all feel feel you know what? We should all feel proud to be Americans uh, because of what's going on. But so many people don't pay attention. I will tell you uh, that I talked to one of the one of the employees at my company, and she goes, "Did you watch the State of the Union?" I said, "Yeah, I did." Did you? And she said, "Yeah." And I said, "What do you think?" She goes, "Yeah, I didn't really like it too much, but there's a lot of it I didn't understand." When we come back from the break, I'm going to explain what one thing that should be really obvious that I think is proof that our country just doesn't pay attention. But I'm out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of uh, commercials, traffic, weather, and sports, and I'll be right back with you. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation. We're a mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about mortgage lending on this uh, on this show because most of you probably think it's boring unless you're in the market for it. So when you're in the market for it, ask yourself, does the, this guy on the main event, does he sound like he thinks like me? Because that's the, because, you know, we all sell the same products. We all have about the same rates. We all get our money the same place. The question is, who do you trust that thinks like you that'll guide you where you want to go? If you're looking for uh, any financial products, Related to real estate financing, buy, refinance, reverse mortgage, any of that, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020 or go on the web, wccloans.com. So before the uh, before the break, we were talking about the State of the Union. We were talking about uh, specifically, specifically about, uh, I was starting to tell the story of one of my employees that said she didn't quite understand understand this uh, a lot of the stuff that was at the state of the union and i and i asked about the part where he said i hope that congress will will uh will will uh, pass a bill banning late term abortions and uh, she goes well you know what abortions only go to what like the first uh, 3 months or something and i go you don't know that new york and virginia passed a law saying that abortions are legal up until the date of birth the due date and she goes, no, when did they do that? And I said, you don't know about the, the governor of Virginia on a radio interview saying who, and the governor of Virginia is actually a, uh, actually a physician who says, well, you know what, if the baby's born and you know, we'll resuscitate it, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, where they're doing a, they're doing an abortion in the delivery room and here's a full term baby and we resuscitate it. Then we'll put the baby over here and the doctor and the mom will have a, have a discussion. And I go, a discussion about what? You've got a living, breathing human being over there. What do you have to discuss? Whether you want to put it up for adoption or whether you're taking that baby home, that should be the only two choices. I don't understand. And I don't understand where anybody thinks this is a good thing. Well, you know, women's right to choose. I understand. I understand. You know, I, I don't, I, part of me said, you know, I'm, I'm anti-abortion, but I don't really know that, that 
legislating morality is ever going to work. And, but you know, in the, in the first three months, but you know, when, if you're not going to carry that baby to term, but if you're carry it to term, what are we thinking? And apparently there's like five or six states that are thinking about doing this. And I think I might've heard that New Mexico already jumped in. I don't know. This country needs some God. We need a serious, a serious infusion of some God in this country because God's not going to sit on the sidelines and watch us just murder kids. We're worried about the the illegal immigrants. You know, we got to take care of them. If somebody has a has a puppy, they can't they can't get adopted out and they throw it away or or abandon it. We put them in jail for for cruelty to animals, but we're going to let women just decide that they don't want them and kill their babies. Something's wrong. So anyway, let's go back to the State of the Union. I had to get off them, but you know what? The fact that the fact that um, my employee that I was talking to, who's actually trying to pay attention, I give her credit. She's trying to pay attention and actually educate herself a little bit on this. But you know, while we're worried about our own lives, we don't have the people don't have time to pay attention to certain things on the on TV and the news and on the internet because you know they got to pay attention to the patriots. And I'm not talking about people that are uh, are pro United States. I'm talking about the football team. You know that's more important to most people. So it just proves, hey, she didn't even know this was going on. And that's just a symptom. That's not the problem. That's just a symptom. So in the middle of all the excitement of what's going on in the uh, on the State of the Union, I get back onto my get back onto my notes so I can cover all this stuff. In the midst of all this excitement, uh, there was still a nod to the Mueller investigation. During this, TV cameras panned over to House Intelligence Committee's number one witch hunter, Congressman Adam Schiff. An economic miracle is taking place in the United States, and the only thing that can stop it are foolish wars, politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. If there is going to be peace and legislation, there cannot be war and investigation. It just doesn't work that way. You're right. It does. He's right. It doesn't work that way. And if you had a chance to look at the uh, the hearing with the attacking uh, the the acting attorney general Whitaker, um, who's going to be replaced by the by. Bill Barr, who will be attorney general confirmed next week. Um, he's sitting in front of a, uh, a Senate committee. And if you had a chance to see any part of it, it was going on this morning. I'm recording on Friday. So it was Friday morning. Um, these guys are mean They're, I mean, I, I can't think I'm not trying to think of words I can, I can use to describe some of the idiot Democrat senators that just, Hey, you know what? They ask, ask the guy a question. He's acting as attorney general. He's a lawyer. He, you know, I can't, I can't comment on ongoing invest. Well, you said this, well, you know, can you confirm the, uh, can you uh, say yes or no to the, to the, uh, uh, allegations that you said this to this person? He goes, I can't comment on this. So, so are you saying, well, he, and he says, well, where's the source of that? Well, I'm, I'm just, just say yes or no. Just say yes or no. Well, you said it was reported 
that I said this. So where was it reported? Just say yes or no. Just say yes or no. Sheila Jackson Lee, one of the meanest. I mean, I just think, think, just say yes or no. Just say yes or no. These guys are mean. It's ugly out there. It's ugly out there. And at some point, hey, you know what? Didn't you got, don't we pay you guys like $172,000 each a year and give you flights back and forth from your home state to Washington, D.C. And we probably pay their rent. We probably pay their rent at their house in Washington, D.C. or their apartments, you know, and we give them all kinds of free stuff. And for that, aren't you supposed to accomplish something? Aren't you supposed to try and make, make life, make things better for, you know, uh, for your state. I think, uh, I think we have, uh, Congress people that represent, you know, three or four cities at a time. Aren't they supposed to be out there representing their home state, their home district in Washington, DC? What is this accomplishing? They get paid for doing nothing. Do you? Other than you retirees. It's amazing. It's amazing. Speaking of the things Democrats used to be used to be for, the president had to address the border crisis, which is even more important this week because we're already on another countdown towards shutdown deadline, which is next Friday. I predict another government shutdown. Um, here's a clip. Congress has 10 days left to pass a bill that will fund our government, protect our homeland, and secure our very dangerous southern border. Now is the time for Congress to show the world that America is committed to ending illegal immigration and putting the ruthless coyotes, cartels, drug dealers, and human traffickers out of business. And here's another example of, uh, of Nancy Pelosi telling her minions what to do. When Trump announced that Mexican cities are, are preparing to bus the latest round of caravan members and drop them off in places where we have weaker border patrol. Democrats started booing. That is until Nancy st- stood up and held her hands up and signaled them to stop. Come on. Really? I mean, are you, do we, do we elect all these, all these women to Congress that are so stupid? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Do we elect all these people, Democrats to Congress that are so stupid? They don't know when it's appropriate to boo, when it's appropriate to, to applaud, they have to have their mama tell them. Here's how the president is responding to the news of migrants being dropped off at our front door by Mexico. I have ordered another 3,750 troops to our southern border to prepare for this tremendous onslaught. This is a moral issue. The lawless state of our southern border is a threat to the safety, security, and financial well-being of all America. We have a moral duty to create an immigration system that protects the lives and jobs of our citizens. This includes our obligation to the millions of immigrants living here today who followed the rules and respected our laws. Legal immigrants enrich our nation and strengthen our society in countless ways. See, but of course, the Democrats weren't the ones cheering. Those are Republicans. Um, and, and, you know, he's there to talk about, talk about how it's a moral issue. 
Nancy Pelosi says the the building a wall at the southern border is immoral. But she hasn't said anything about killing full-term breathing on their own babies. That's a that's a woman's right to choose. Don't think this is a problem, people. I know there's some Democrats out there listening. Or some of you that are on the fence, not sure. Not sure about this Ed Hoffman guy. Yeah, should I listen to him or not? I don't know. He makes a little bit of sense. You know what? There's a problem here. Um, finally, there was one moment that finally got uh, AOC and her and the suffragettes off their feet. The line about women getting 58% of the newly created jobs last year, which they applied to their own victories in the midterm of the, a.k.a. the the pink wave. Um, you know what the, the me too movement, you know, I say, Hey, you know what? They, they wanted to point out that how many, how many new women there are, uh, in Congress. My thought is, and again, here, I haven't seen any data on this, but you know what? Maybe there's a lot more men that are just, just as, or more capable or more qualified to, to be uh, representing us in the United States government, but they're afraid they're afraid what the mean what the what the meanness of our elections today is going to bring up and embarrass them and ruin their families or you know hey you know what when i was a teenager i i would probably wasn't as respectful to uh women that i dated as i probably should have been based on today's based on today's uh uh new new guidelines i didn't have an attorney to uh, have a contract the, before I would uh, try to kiss my girlfriend. And uh, you know what? Uh, I would say even uh, 30 years ago when I was not a teenager uh, in dating my wife, Dawn, I probably did some inappropriate things based on today. And if it comes time to to to, to run for office, a lot of us don't want to ruin our, ruin our, our, uh, our, uh, our reputations or our, uh, you know, and have the disrespect to our families. Is that something that we want to, to uh, applaud that we got so many women in there? Because women are ne- women aren't allowed to be uh, called called uh, inappropriate or gross or any of that other stuff that they do because they're women. Just like certain races are incapable of being racist, but you know racist could be against any race, even white people. So uh, on what the president plans to do to protect the American economy, he addressed the litany of bad trade deals. Uh, previous uh, administrations have had with made with China and how he'll meet with Chinese president again soon and negotiate a fair trade deal that doesn't rip off the Americans with sky high tariffs. One priority is paramount reversing decades of calamitous trade policies. So bad. We are now making it clear to China that after years of targeting our industries and stealing our intellectual property, The theft of American jobs and wealth has come to an end. Therefore, we recently imposed tariffs on $250 billion of Chinese goods, and now our Treasury is receiving billions and billions of dollars. But I don't blame China for taking advantage of us. I blame our leaders and representatives for allowing this travesty to happen. Yep, our leaders are 
politicians and they don't know anything about doing business. Um, even we have, I mean, even we have the governor of Virginia is a, a physician and he doesn't understand what it means. Uh, he doesn't understand the morality of killing live babies. He thinks that's okay. What was that Hippocratic oath that they're supposed to take? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he forgot about that. And Congress people don't know how to do this. This is common sense about fair trade and, uh, and Trump's doing that. Here's a line that got some mixed reviews, including myself, the one that referred to Trump's diplomacy efforts with North Korea. As part of a bold new diplomacy, we continue our historic push for peace on the Korean Peninsula. Our hostages have come home. Nuclear testing has stopped. And there has not been a missile launch in more than 15 months. If I had not been elected President of the United States, we would right now, in my opinion, be in a major war with North Korea. In my opinion, I didn't think he should have said that. Um, I like what he's doing with North Korea, and uh, I, I applaud him for what he's doing, but I just don't think he should have said, hey, if I hadn't been elected president of the United States, we'd be in a major war with, with, with North Korea, because we don't know that. We don't know that he's the only one that would have been. I think probably... Probably any of the other candidates, certainly Hillary Clinton, wouldn't have uh, done anything but just bow down to him and let him step on us. Um, but uh, I like the way he's dealt with it. But I don't. I just think that was a a not humble way of saying it. He should have left that out. So, do I like everything Trump says? No, I don't. No, I don't. Uh, the final moment will play on the President's State of the Union, the Declaration Against Embracing Socialism. I wonder what self-proclaimed socialist Alexandria. Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, was thinking when Trump described how socialist regime took Venezuela from being one of the most prosperous countries in South America to one of abject poverty and despair. In any case, we got to see Bernie Sanders frown in the camera when Trump said this. Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. Amen to that. Amen to that. But you know, the, the newest, uh, the newest uh, members of our Congress and a lot of uh, the youngsters in this country don't understand that or understand why, because we don't teach that stuff in schools anymore. So uh, parents, make sure you uh, educate your kids. That's our last, the last chance we have to save this country. Uh, as you know, every State of the Union features a televised rebuttal from the party of opposition to the president, normally parties choosing sitting senators, governors, or even congressional representatives. Quick history of people who have delivered the rebuttals over the years. Last, last year, the Democrats chose Joe Kennedy uh, III of Massachusetts. 
2017, it wasn't called a State of the Union because Trump had just been inaugurated, but they had a former Kentucky governor, Steve Bashir. Um, 2016, uh, Republicans chose uh, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who uh, was up until uh, January with the U.S. Ambassador of the United Nations. 2015, we had uh, Senator Joni Ernst of, I think she's Iowa. Um, some other notable Democrats who deliver rebuttals to Republican presidents. Nancy Pelosi paired up with Tom Daschle to give the rebuttal to George W. Bush in 04, then did it again in 05 alongside Harry Reid. Joe Biden was one of the few Democrat senators to give a, rebu- a rebuttal to Reagan back in 83. And here's one that you probably didn't know. Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton delivered the rebuttal to Reagan in 1985. He did it together with uh, the governor of Florida. And, you know, uh, there was a uh, Chris Christie was on a was said on some interview this past week um, that he would never do it. He would never do the rebuttal because no matter what you say, you're in a lose lose situation. If you remember 2013, Marco Rubio, a uh, uh, center in Florida and a former presidential candidate and maybe future presidential candidate um, did the rebuttal. And all anybody talked about was the fact that. He kind of took a pause. He needed a drink of water, and he kind of took a sidestep, grabbed a bottle of water off the table next to him, and then took a drink in the middle of it. And, oh, my God, he took a drink of water in the middle of his speech. Hard to imagine. So you get the picture of what we're talking about. So for 2019 State of the Union rebuttal, the Democrat Party chose who? Stacey Abrams, a failed candidate. She she hasn't been a congressperson or a senator or a governor. She did run for governor of Georgia, but she lost. She literally does not have a job right now. And you could the only reason they picked her is they couldn't find somebody uh, that hates Trump that was a transgender, apparently, that would uh, go up there because you know, hey, they got a they got a failed candidate, uh, black female. They had to be had to be some kind of a minority. The only thing they didn't have represented was LGBT there. So like all Democrats with higher aspirations, Abrams started her speech off with the story of her childhood, then shifted into some uh, boilerplate inspiring rhetoric. In these United States, when times are tough, we can persevere because our friends and neighbors will come for us. Our first responders will come for us. It is this mantra this uncommon grace of community that has driven me to become an attorney, a small business owner, a writer, and most recently, the Democratic nominee for governor of Georgia. Well, that's so inspiring. She's another Beto O'Rourke. Hey, I ran for office and I lost. I'm ready to be president. Next, next, next it was time to attack the Trump administration. Just a few weeks ago, I joined volunteers to distribute meals to furloughed federal workers. They waited in line for a box of food and a sliver of hope since they hadn't received paychecks in weeks. Making livelihoods of our federal workers a pawn for political games is a disgrace. The shutdown was a stunt engineered by the President of the United States, one that defied every tenet of fairness and abandoned not just our people, but our values. Yeah, she says it was engineered by the President of the United States who had said he would stand up to any budget that didn't allow us allow him the money to start the uh, or to start to continue border security, the wall, the 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 barrier, whatever you want to call it, um, to stop the the flow of illegal immigrants across our uh, southern border, as opposed to the Democrats, uh, Pelosi, who 
who uh, just would have nothing to do with it. She would know it doesn't matter if it if it makes sense. It doesn't matter if she supported it in the past. And in the process, instead of instead of allowing Trump five point seven billion dollars to continue the wall, we spent thirteen point five billion dollars having people sit at home doing nothing while they were uh, off work, but they still got paid. Reminds me of a reminds me of a little short scene from A Few Good Men. My third case was a drunken disorderly. It lasted nine weeks. I rounded up 31 people from the bar that night. Nine weeks on a D&D? What was the prosecutor offering? 15 days. <laughs> you sure hustled him. Yeah, 15 days to avoid, uh, nine weeks to avoid 15 days. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. $13.5 billion to save $5.7 doesn't make sense to me, but apparently Pelosi's never run a business. Here's more from, uh, from Stacey Abrams. In Georgia and around the country, people are striving for a middle class where a salary truly equals economic security. But instead, families' hopes are being crushed by Republican leadership that ignores real life or just doesn't understand it. Under the current administration, far too many hardworking Americans are falling behind, living paycheck to paycheck, most without labor unions to protect them from even worse harm. The Republican tax bill rigged the system against working people. Rather than bringing back jobs, plants are closing, layoffs are looming, and wages struggle to keep pace with the actual cost of living. Here's proof that people that are put that people don't understand how business works and this is riddled with with uh, untruths and and just false falsehoods in there but apparently all you got to do is say it on TV the reporters will report it and that's called the wraparound smear as Pelosi says I was going to play that clip again but I'm running out of time so anyway folks uh, you know what keep your eyes open keep your ears open and think about this stuff Don't take it because I said it. Don't believe it because Fox News said it. Don't believe it because CNN said it. Think for yourself. Use some common sense. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The views expressed on this program are of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747. NMLS 9873. And California Finance Lenders License number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. Enemy number 0937346.